Bibliographers estimate that there have been some 65,000 books written about the American Civil War. That's more than days since it ended. And of that number, it is estimated over 30,000 were written about the Battle of Gettysburg. Most obviously deal with the battle itself, tactics, generals, and units that comprise the bloodiest battle in the history of the Western Hemisphere. And then, there are a few that deal with other facets and conditions that orbited the battle. For example, there are books about the photographers, the historians with cameras that arrived immediately after the battle. There are works about the National Park Cyclorama, and even books about the hundreds of monuments that dot the park's landscape. And yet, recently, I have just read a book about Gettysburg, one with a unique theme, and it has literary and historical right to stand alone and stand out, one that most definitely helps to complete the massive canvas that is Gettysburg. James Gindelsberger has given us a work and focus that has, for the most part, received far too little attention. One that builds upon Gerald A. Patterson's 1997 work entitled Debris of Battle, The Wounded of Gettysburg. Both, as their titles reinforce, are not about the battle per se, but present a theme that was as much a part of Gettysburg as the fighting itself. This new treatment is entitled Bullets and Bandages, the Aid Stations and Field Hospitals at Gettysburg. Far too often, when one writes about engagements, there is the battle itself, there is a victor, the armies move on, and so ends the story. Gindelsperger vividly reminds us of conditions during and after a battle that scream for our consideration. The battle's consequences for civilians caught in the vortex of war. What happened to the wounded? Where were they taken? What was their treatment? And what were the conditions? Who and how many attended to them? He, by means of thorough research, details the incredible number of Gettysburg businesses, warehouses, private homes, farms, and places of learning that had to deal with the human wreckage and suffering after the great armies moved away. And quite a number of wounded it was, around 10 times the population of Gettysburg itself, which was around 2,400. What Gindelsberger has done is nothing short of amazing. In the challenging effort that was required to tell the story, he was aided by a small army of assisting researchers that included his wife, family, and among others, licensed battlefield guides, townspeople, Civil War medical museums, and individuals from the military park itself. What has emerged is an intelligently organized, well-written book. After an opening chapter that gives us an Overview of Civil War Medicine and Medical Practices of the Day, Gindelsberger adds 15 chapters meticulously detailing sites that were pressed into service with or without the permission of civilian and business owners in and around Gettysburg, and at sites that often are most overlooked when writing about the three-day battle, sites at nearby Hanover, Hunterstown, Fairfield, and Cashtown. A word or two about his treatment of the 227 sites he documents. Each is named, for example, 
the Elizabeth Culp House, then is given the site's address and its longitude and latitude coordinates. A brief entry notes its location in perspective to what militarily was going on around it, organized similarly as well. Then after what had to have been some diligent digging, names of the attending surgeons and their units, the number of wounded there, and when available, what happened to several of those who were treated at that site. That includes those who died and were buried on the site. Volunteers, both male and particularly female nurses and agencies, do not escape the author's detection and description. And included, the owners reported damages to the United States government at each site and how much the federal government paid in compensation, if any, was given at all. Now, perhaps as some of you may be thinking, is this 336-page work nothing more than an avalanche of soulless lists, numbers, and lifeless accounts? Quite the contrary. I quickly learned that Gindelsberger is more than a diligent researcher. He is a writer, and he more than fulfills what I consider to be a crucial element in writing history. First, he is accurate. He is thorough. And he is a storyteller. Passing along the countless stories of those that fought at Gettysburg, were wounded and left behind, his storytelling shines. Any student of the battle knows who and where officers like Major General John Reynolds was killed, where and how Major General Daniel Sickles was wounded, where the young Union Brigadier General Francis Barlow was wounded and left for dead. But Gendelsperger tells us where they went after being hit, who cared for them, and what happened to them. He includes, for example, where Confederate Brigadier General Louis Armistead and Major General Isaac Trimble were taken after the third day's picket Pettigrew Trimble charge. And many of those sites are downtown or along the park route. But missing this book's stories are structures that almost all simply People pass by, overlook, or forget. With this effort, that can no longer be the case. Gendelsberger's moving stories of common soldiers, surgeons, nurses, and civilians reintroduces Gettysburg to even the most seasoned park visitor. We have all seen the structures scattered about the battlefield and wondered, was it there at the time of battle, and if so, what happened there? Now, you'll know, for the author understands, as we know and strive to hear at threads from the National Tapestry, that history is a story. And quite simply, Gindelsberger does not disappoint. He gets it. And we, perhaps for the first time, are able to see a more complete picture of what took place during and after the Battle of Gettysburg to the point that he understands his reader and anticipates their questions. The author includes two appendices. First, a glossary of Civil War-era medical terms. The second, a money value chart comparing $1863 with the present. The reader now has perspective and can instantly relate not only to the human but financial consequences when farms, homes, and businesses found themselves part of a battlefield. Back in October of 1862, a reporter from the New York Times wrote about Matthew Brady's New York City exhibit entitled The Dead of Antietam. 
Noting the stark and haunting images taken by Alexander Gardner and James F. Gibson, who were in Brady's employ at the time and were the first to show Civil War dead in a public place, the account included, Mr. Brady has done something to bring home to us the terrible reality and earnestness of war. If he has not brought bodies and laid them in our dooryards and along the streets, he has done something very much like it. Well, James Gindelsberger has accomplished something similarly. He brings to life the places where far too many suffered. We know and can relate to the wounded and to the civilians who found themselves caught in the midst of events that would underscore the rest of their existence. I have been to Gettysburg well over 50 times. After reading James Gindelsberger's Bullets and Bandages, the first aid stations, and field hospitals at Gettysburg, my next visit will, in many ways, feel like my first. For with great appreciation and renewed interest, I will seek out sites that for years I saw, but did not truly see. No longer inanimate structures, but places filled with the essence of human drama, with accounts and stories that complete the powerful legacy and timeless story that is Gettysburg. Kudos to Gindelsberger and to Blair Publishing. <laughs>